0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Everyone, This is Virginia Parsons and I'm having so much fun with that music. I'm on my ball bouncing away to the beat, <laughs> but welcome. I'm so pleased that you're here with us today. For the inspirational Woman show as i said this is virginia parsons your hangout mentor and i'm thrilled to provide you all with a goldmine of entrepreneurial tips strategies and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational business women in the know and today i've got a great gal who's going to do just that for you none other than kara woods i'm going to introduce her in just a moment Now please let me know where you're hanging out from. Just put that in the comment section. I personally am hanging out from Reno, Nevada. We're having our first snowfall today it's kind of fun and exciting after a long summer uh nothing's sticking yet but it's also refreshing just to think we're heading into a whole new season here and um i just also want you to let me know what your passion is this is this is all about collaboration bringing people together sharing your passion so let us know what you do put that in the comment section as well now today's show is sponsored by hangout-marketing.com where you can receive a free hangout marketing assessment have you done that yet it's free and it only takes a couple minutes to do and it's going to measure your skill set and your knowledge base in using hangouts in Air and now all these other live stream platforms to brand grow and market your business i want nothing more than to help you see the potential that you have lying in front of you with these amazing platforms so go ahead and take advantage of that by uh, texting the word success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 307-269-2040. Again, it only take you just a couple minutes. And if you're overseas, just go to the website hangout-marketing.com to pick up that assessment as well. All right, let's get started. We've got lots to cover here today. Introducing Kara Wood. She is the founder of Succinct Social Media. And we're going to be talking about Her favorite topic and one of my favorite topics and that is social media that works and really some good secrets to creating a successful social social media campaign in your own business you know last week he talked about wearing too many hats and this is one of them where you can feel like you're wearing a lot of hats when you try to do all of this work on your own and Kara's got some great advice for us there we're going to talk about content creation at scale What that means and what it means to you in your business. We're also going to provide three solutions that work for any size business that you can pick up and apply in your business starting today finally we're going to talk about sponsored social media secrets that Kara has she doesn't think there's such secrets but I'll tell you what to me they were they were real surprises eye-openers and I'm, I'm excited for you
2: to pick up that
1: information as well so Kara without further ado go ahead and
2: unmute yourself come on in and say hi to our audience Hi everybody, thank you for having me Virginia, your show is fabulous and I've noticed that your audience is amazing, they're always engaging, they have lots of great questions, so uh, I was really pleased when you responded to my email when I said I want to be on your show.
1: I love, I, love it. That. I love it I'm so pleased that you did and you know this is true for any of you who are watching my show and anyone that you know who is uh, just got some great ideas tips and strategies that they could share on the show have mm-hmm. them go to my website out marketing you.com i'll give you another link here so you can see it hangoutmarketingyou.com there's also a link in the description of this event where you can where you can contact me just like kara did and say i would love to be on your show please go there and do it because there's so many amazing women out there i just love featuring you and kara i'm really pleased to have you here with us today
0: thank you virginia
1: let's start with some basics sure and that is your background everyone likes to hear about not only, you know, you know where it came from, but what kind of struggles and challenges you might have gone through along the way. That helps uplist all of us so that we don't feel like, oh my God, we're going yeah. through these challenges all alone. Sure. And um, it, it's just, I think, really important to get that information out as well. So take yeah. over the floor and tell us about your background.
2: Sure. Well, my background, it's sort of funny because when... um In the mid-90s, I graduated. early 90s, I graduated with a degree in new media. And at the time, a lot of people didn't really know what this new media was. And basically, we had studied how the internet and websites were going to change us politically, economically, uh, culturally. But when I graduated, uh, I was 22, and there was no one hiring a 22-year-old with a degree in new media in North America. So I went over to London, England, and I went to work for IBM. And there, they were basically coining the term e-business. So the word e-business was coined by IBM's CEO at the time. And that was when he told Wall Street, this was around 97, 98, listen, the world is gonna change. You're gonna have to go online. Basically everything that we do is going to happen online. And I don't know if anyone in the audience remembers, there was a lot of kickback. People were like, I don't need to be transparent. I don't want everyone knowing my address. And I don't know if anyone remembers that. If they do, please, you know, let us know in the comments. Um, so I spent five years at IBM, and then from there I came back to North America, went back to Vancouver, and I worked in traditional PR and corporate communications. So fast forward to about 2006, and then all of a sudden I start seeing percolations of things about Facebook, things about Twitter, things about LinkedIn, and I thought, Hey, this reminds me a lot about when, you know way back when we started looking at how the internet and websites were going to change business, I think social media is going to be that next wave of what we need to, to adopt, adapt, for business. So I started my company, assisting Social media, and I started advising small businesses, people who are interested in how to start a blog, how to go on Facebook as a business, what was happening with Instagram? Was it something that your business should take on? You know, And I worked with small businesses specifically. Um, and fast forward now to 2015. I still work with small businesses. Um, I mentor entrepreneurs and people who are trying to start their brand. And just, just sort of basically taking the basics that I learned in the early 90s about internet market, marketing and then now applying that to social media today.
1: Just a muting there. Yeah, I mean, a lot has changed in that period of time, and the, the fact that first of all there wasn't anything available in this area of study until not that long ago, um, and so they call it new media. That's what you were referencing, right? Well, the we new media. think of it as new media because we're yeah. so ensconced in it at
2: this point. <laughs> well, in the early nineties, they were calling it new media. Uh, now, obviously, we have you know ten thousand different names for it, but new media was. Uh, anything that was internet-based and maybe they just didn't even know what to call it I mean this was in 1991, 1992 that I was studying um, this new media but really what it was was the study of the internet um, and how it was going to sort of become similar to print, television, radio in our in, in how we knew how to disseminate content and marketing.
1: Well I can only imagine as well Kara that what you studied in new media back then has evolved so incredibly. I mean, we're just here on this incredible platform, good old Hangouts On Air on G+. Uh, which is also live streaming over on YouTube. It's right now, I've got it live streaming over on LinkedIn. I have it live streaming over on Facebook. Um, We're going to be doing the after show over on Blab. Uh, We did a pre-show over on Periscope. Um, They couldn't even even dreamt that these platforms were going to exist in new media when
2: you studied it, could they? (laughs) No, absolutely not. And then also, I mean, think Blab really only came out in June. So Blab is not that old. Periscope is not that old, so um, you know when people sort of ask me, well, how are you an expert in in uh, you know social media? It I do a lot of studying, I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of working with people who are so I don't want to use the word pioneer, but people who take on the particular platform and then they just take it on and they need to learn everything about it. I use those people as my advisors. So, um, like someone like yourself, for example, with regards to Hangouts, if I needed to to get sort of you know a really good granular understanding of how Hangouts worked, I would come and talk to you. Um, and then each platform has has a sort of expert, but really what they are is they're people that took it on the moment they were the moment the particular you know app or platform was born and just said. I'm gonna learn everything there is to know about this and then I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna give it, turn this into an opportunity to give the information to other people. Well,
1: that's, well that's right. And and you know, I have this passion for Hangouts and it's now moving into all forms of live stream broadcasting because I think it's so important for, and what's happened as a result is people really do, you know, the ordinary person such, such as myself who's not a, a star out there in public has a chance to get the word out, has a chance to share their expertise and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I want people to pick up this technology and use it. Now, you have a a concern and you're looking at trends Mm -hmm. as far as scaling up your content creation Mm -hmm. and it's one of our topics today. I really want you to explain what content (coughs) creation at scale means for Mm -hmm. those of us who are small, independent business owners, um, small entrepreneurs?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm going to assume that most of the people who are here watching us, they have already, you know, they've figured out what platforms they want to be on. They've started creating content. They might be three or four years into creating content. They have their audiences built. I mean, they maybe want to diversify uh, and grow their audiences. But what I think is mo- probably most of us are, you know, three or four years into, into our social media experiences. Um, so. What I have found, and probably what everyone else is feeling, is that we're a bit maxed out with our content creation. Where do we go now? We've created our best blogs, we've taken our best photos, we're just a little bit like, okay, where, how do we scale and how do we remain competitive? Um, and I think up to this point, we've all been told, you can do it yourself. Take those pictures yourself, you know, do the graphics yourself, you know, write the blogs yourself. But I don't think we're going to be able to, I don't believe that going forward, we're going to be able to do that. So what I'm advising and what I have been doing is pulling back into my own communities and asking for help. So asking for writers, storytellers, journalists to work with me. Um, And, you know, obviously, it's all relative to what you can afford. So I, you know, usually sometimes will work with people that all have a second job. So maybe they're a full-time writer for a newspaper, but they're looking for a side gig. So I've worked with them to write blogs for my clients, blogs, articles for myself, um, as well as I've worked with photographers who, you know, will just share with me um, in their Dropbox, you know, five or six pictures that are just wonderful. And they're happy to share them with me for a small fee. And that allows me... and myself as well as scale content for my clients. Because now we sort of have a fresh take on things. And depending on what you have in your content calendar, you can reach out to different writers uh, or storytellers to help you just create whatever is in your content calendar so you're not getting sort of stagnant and stuck.
1: Okay, so um, content creation has to do more with outsourcing than we might have thought. You're saying we used to think we had to write the blocks, we had to do all the photography, you know, we had to put it out there in every different media. And I have to say, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I do, I put it out every place. And there's nothing I would love better than to outsource some of this and, you know, keep my energy focused on what I do best. Um, so where do you go to
2: find a good outsourcer? Sure. Well, I think the, the first place is sometimes just look at your friends and family. You'd probably be really surprised uh, who is a good storyteller, who might like to write, who might have photographs that they'll share with you. So that's always that's the first place. Second place is you know turning to places like Fiverr. Um, there are there's journalists, uh, there's graphic designers, there's photographers, there's um, even people that will create graphics—not uh, graphics, but will create sort of little digital videos for you for next, next to nothing. I mean, I don't want to put, you know, people who work for big agencies out of work or anything, they, they work on their projects and that's great, but for the small business owner, um, you know, turning to these, these places where you can hire freelancers, these content marketplaces, I think it's really useful. And don't be afraid to do it, because everybody um, has reviews. So you can go and take a look at someone who you might want help you create a small little video for your website, you could see all the reviews. If they have bad reviews, obviously don't use them. They're good reviews. You can be confident, that they'll, they'll create something really neat for you. Um, so I think that's one of my little secrets is check out those sites like Fiverr. Try them out um, and you'll be really surprised what you can get that's really neat and unique for a small amount of money. Um, so, you know, obviously utilize your own communities, your friends and family, go to places like Fiverr. Um, and then again, you know, there, there's other. If you, you can join communities, for example, um, on Google Plus or even in LinkedIn, where there's actual um, professional writers and journalists. So, for example, you maybe you need a, a very heavy research thought leadership paper. Obviously, you're not going to go to Fiverr for that, but you can turn to the communities on our actual platforms and reach out to, to uh, maybe the community manager and say, I'm looking for somebody that's going to write on oil and gas a thought leadership paper for me. Do you know of somebody? And usually they will. So in our socially structured world, use, use, our, social str- use our social channels to, to find those solutions.
1: Well, I'm also wondering, those are great tips, by the way, and I've used Fiverr for a number of things, and I highly recommend it. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I, there's certain things I don't want to spend my time doing, and I know exactly. it's unreliable reliable there. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about family and friends, but of course, but um, the G-plus communities or all the other communities that are out there. There's forums that are out there as well, but I also thought about what about getting someone who's in an apprentice role, um, who maybe is in school and would like to have the opportunity to do some work freelance work and um, Build up their portfolio. Would that be an option?
2: Uh, yes, I have actually I've worked with students uh, that have come to me sort of through uh, Work-study programs and they're they're good. They're really good, uh, but but my favorite is actually turning to the people who do it for a living, who already sort of have some experience. I know that sounds terrible, but I, I sort of like to get from point A to point B really quickly and efficiently. And I think most small business owners do. So I don't need, I don't want to, I uh, have to do a lot of explaining. So I want to say, I need this article or I need this particular blog written. Here are the five points, use a code of ethics, understand regulation and compliance, and just get it done, so.
0: So
1: as, as much as <laughs> there I you have. go. Good tip. Go to the experts.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know i will paid a few extra dollars more just to get the piece, you know, perfect the the first or second time. Um, but I have used, you know, to their credit, I have used students uh, who are coming out of programs. And then remember, this is, uh, you know, first or second year college programs. I'm not talking about people in doctorate programs that could be totally different. Um, so again, relatively speaking. Um, and they're fantastic, but I find that they're a little bit more on the, it's, it's pretty basic work that I'm getting. But again, that's, I'm not working with graduate students. That could be totally different. <laughs> Got it.
1: Now, you're going to talk to us also about three solutions that work for any size business. So let's let you go ahead and get that information out, because I know they're going to find this valuable.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, some of it is obvious, but, you know, create content worth sharing. Um, Create content that is useful. So, you know, often when we're, we're pushing our own businesses and marketing, we really want to tell people how amazing we are because we know we're amazing and we want them to know. But sometimes that, that doesn't translate very well and you just come across as, you know, a sales pitch. So one little tip that works really well is think of things that you, that you know because you run a business and you have great products that are actually useful to people. So I'll use Clorox for a good example, because that, that was a big one. They were trying to relaunch their bleach product, and obviously with our sort of green initiative, bleach wasn't something that a lot of people were u- using anymore. So what they did is they created an app that people could download, and you could punch in what kind of stain you had, and they would provide you with answers on how to, how to get rid of that stain, but not necessarily using bleach. Just They would just help you out. They were simply being useful. So I like to use that example. So if, you're, if you um, are creating content, think of content that is useful to people, um, that will answer some questions, so that you know, after three or four pieces of content, they'll look back and go, that, that person really knows what they're talking about, and they keep solving these problems that I have. I think I'm gonna go buy their product, or I'm going to, to work with them. So you know, that's, again, just going back to just create content that is useful, and that's shareable. You know, people will be like, oh, I think my friend needs to, to know about that. So that's
1: that's number one. Okay, so that makes absolute sense because people want to, um, you, you know, if, if you're, no, I, let me put it this way, people don't want to spend their time consuming something that isn't going to give them something back in return, something that's valuable.
2: Yes, but- exactly. And then, you know, work with influencers. Um, so influencers are people who, who are in your, uh, they're in your community, and they have an audience outside of your audience, so they can amplify your message. So if you identify, if you see someone that's always, um, you know, in your conversations, or they're always sort of in the hashtag that you use, um, or they just sort of stand out as somebody that that other people, even yourself, go and and, and you know you follow their content. They're they're a potential advocate, and you can basically. Use them and their audience to send out your message. So if you become friends with them or you share their content, they may turn around and share yours. And that is a little secret of a lot of the YouTube stars, um, which is really interesting. So there'll be about five of them, and they just basically, they build their own audiences up. But then what they do is they say, I'll share your content, you share mine, and we're just gonna continue to amplify our messages. So if you can build up you know, four or five other your influencer friends and you amplify their message and they'll amplify yours, uh, you can really build a, a big audience and get a lot of reach. So uh, again, that goes back to that collaborative uh, and collective uh, part that social media really allows us to have.
1: Yeah, I love that point. And I do that with a lot of you know, my connections um, here on G+, we're sharing people's content all the time because it's important I think that my audience might find value in what they're presenting and vice versa so that's absolutely a no-brainer to me Uh, but some other people don't think about it and I haven't thought about uh, Mm -hmm. connecting more on YouTube though to see who there I might be able to share content with good idea Yes. yeah yeah, social media formats as well to share
2: yeah yeah diversify Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so number three. Uh, so number three is, is one that, I mean, it's hard because I know it's nice to be on a lot of different platforms and to branch out, but it's really good to sort of pick one that all of your content goes on and that kind of becomes your, uh, what's the best word? It's you're building, a, you're building your base. So for example, your base is, is Google Plus and Google Hangouts. So, someone else's base might be their blog article, or someone else's base might be their Facebook audience and Facebook page. So, it's really good to nurture that one base so that people know exactly where to find you, where you're going to be producing your, your soul content, and then you can diversify. But, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that agrees that, like, go out and be on every platform and just wing it. Um, I really like to sort of say to people, pick that one base, and and then from there, roll out. And I mean, maybe some of these are really basic basic things with regards to content marketing, marketing strategies, uh, but hopefully some of this has helped uh, your well, audiences.
1: I, you know, I, I agree, one base, you've got to start with one base and really build connections mm-hmm. with people. This is not, uh, you know, I'm reaching out on lots of different platforms at this point with the pre and after show and simulcasting and that sort of thing. But the base is still G plus, and the connections on G plus yeah. are deep. Um, they're authentic. Yes. They're they're valuable to me. Every every one of you here on the show, by the way, thanks for dropping in. Ron Harvey, Rachel Ursi, you're uh, from Baltimore, right? Yeah, Rachel, great. And Ron Harvey here from New Mexico. And by the way, Kara, you're from Canada, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, I forgot to say that. So I I'm in Toronto. And um, uh, I too built my base in Google Plus. Google Plus was, and still is, where uh, I would say my, my base is and will continue to be. And it was after about three years that then I started to diversify. I always had, you know, sort of arms in all the different social media channels. Um, but I, I built my base in Google Plus, and this is where, you know, I can come back and I really have my, uh, I sort of say, my stable of influencers and you know, where I come, when I was talking about going to communities and finding maybe people who could write for me or, uh, you know, create content for me, I always come back to this space. And I think bloggers have that kind of feeling, like bloggers have their, even their own conferences. Um, I know communities on Twitter, people who have been on Twitter since 2007, they're very, uh, you know, close with their network of people that they first started with. Um, so I, I think that's how social media really works well, too. Thank you. Yeah, I I agree.
1: Um, now I've got, we've got a really good question here from Denise. Thank you for this, uh, Denise. I think that we want to take a look at this. Why so much focus on Facebook mm-hmm. if a base is on a different platform? What do you think about that question?
2: Um, I would need a bit more clarification. Do you mean in general why are people so interested in Facebook,
1: or I think that's what she's after. I mean, I mean you know, Facebook has just become the social platform in so in so many people's yeah. minds and so i think that's what she's talking about but if we're really hanging out most of the time on g plus see i start the day and uh, g plus goes on i mean that's i turn my computer on and yeah. g plus is there <laughs> not well, Facebook. i check facebook at night i guess more than anything exactly. so let's just
2: your, your feed on facebook as opposed to something for sure Sure, I mean, I've, I love Facebook, um, and I think it really depends on what kind of audience and content you're creating. So I was really interested in creating long-form, thoughtful, uh, sort of research-type thought leadership work, and that was not on Facebook. So I came and found my audience on Google+. Um, but people, for example, I have a really good uh, client who is a nutritionist, and her audience is on Facebook, like absolutely. They share recipes. They share photos. They share updates, um, and it's a bit of a fat, more fast-moving, um, visual type platform. So I think it really it really depends on what kind of product, and what kind of community you're looking at growing. So so that is from my point of view. But yeah, Facebook is a powerhouse. One of the first. And they're just going to morph into something even you know, bigger and better, I'm sure, because they have the money and the research power behind them. So Facebook is not going anywhere. It just depends on uh, what kind of audience you're looking for.
1: Well, that's the key. Where, where is your audience so-called hanging out? And that's, of course, where you want to have your presence. Um, let's get to that third tip before we go into the after show over in Blab. And I hope you're going to follow us over in Blab so you can ask more questions because Kara is just a wealth of information yeah. for us. But you've got to what we call sponsored social media secrets. And, you know, I think that this is, again, a concept that we, in general, are not familiar with like you are. And I'd like you to share that as well.
2: Sure. Oh, so you I'm sorry, that there, there was just a, a distraction that someone rang my doorbell. Oh, so sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry isn't, everybody.
0: You not
1: even
2: to work from home. Don't you love it? <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, okay. go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, so with regards to sponsored social media, so this is this is happening. This is a little bit new. Um, but I want to talk to people about it. So sponsored social media, um, you may, have, may or may not have seen influencers who are writing about particular brands or content. And uh, in the States now, they actually have to, sorry, <laughs> I have a kid at the door. That's uh, asking asking to get in. So, anyways, let me go back. So, sponsored right. social media people. Sorry about that. You can't I can't control the human factor of children.
1: <laughs> no, uh, they need to be tended to. If you need to get them
2: in, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No. No. They they can go next door. So. Um, okay. So. Anyway. So, sponsored social media. So, larger brands are reaching out to influencers. So, people who have large audiences, et cetera, and they're asking them. They're saying, you know, if I give you some money, will you write or talk about or post about my product? And you can, you can create any sort of content you want as long as it falls under these parameters. So these influencers are taking this and they are creating content and they're sending it out. In the States, people have to put either hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored behind it. Now there's been a lot of research that's been done on this and people are saying they actually like it. They don't find it disruptive. They find it a lot more, there's, there's a natural flow to it because the influencers have chosen to work with the product because they already know that their audience will enjoy it. And they've spent so long building up their audiences that they're not going to compromise it by showing their audience something that totally doesn't work with anything that you know they've talked about or they believe in, et cetera. Um, so how does sponsored social possibly work for the small business owner? There are a lot of really fabulous bloggers out there who have audiences who would, if you reached out to them, write about your product, they would probably send out a few Facebook posts, send out a few tweets, and and create a nice blog post for you um, if you reached out to them. And um, just for a couple of hundred dollars. So I just kind of wanted to give people that little insight uh, that you can utilize, you can utilize sponsored social media on a small scale. Um, and compete with the big guys. Because sometimes the smaller bloggers and the the influencers that maybe don't have the 2.5 million dollars, or 2.5 million followers, they're still still a value. Um, And I think a lot more influencers, even like yourself, Virginia, you'll probably start to see that companies or even people are gonna start to reach out to you and say, would you talk about my product? Would you be interested in doing that? Um, So that's two part. If there's any influencers watching, you will be able to monetize your your audiences that you have built and for the small business owners um don't feel that that just because you don't have the deep pockets that you can't compete with the with the bigger businesses just look at it relatively speaking do your research and find a, find a smaller um, someone a smaller not a smaller blogger but someone who doesn't have as many um, followers they won't charge as much so
1: oh that's a great idea and i hadn't thought of it that's really different than just doing a a joint venture. You know, I'll email for you. You email for me. That's yeah. really saying, you know, I, I really want to have you uh, sponsor, and I'll pay you for that, and you'll get some mention on a blog or on someone else's show. <laughs> That's another idea
2: as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So again, we just have to leverage leverage our our you know um, collective and kind of communal social media platforms and and help each other out.
1: Well, do you all see why that I think the show has some real value in addition to great content? I think that we're getting here every week from these amazing women, uh, great tips and strategies. It is a source of collaboration. And that's why I ask you every week, let me know what your passion is. What are you doing in the world? What are you the difference maker for? Because we all have value. Every one of us has value in a way that we can help solve problems for other people, uplift other people, bring our gifts uh, to the world. So let's keep this collaboration going. And now Kara's pointed out a whole nother way that we can use it to support one another. Thanks so much for watching today. Do you know someone who would be a great guest for our show? Or would you like to be a guest on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show? let's shine the spotlight on your expertise we'll share your story while offering tips strategies and advice to our viewers expert interviews are a great way to build your reputation as the go-to expert go to shinetips.com forward slash ibws to apply today women are waiting for your message and i can't wait to interview you